0: Welcome back to Episode 9 of Cowboy State Podcast. As always, I'm Kyle and joined here by Curtis and Brian. Uh, as you can probably tell, I've been out of town for like about the last three weeks and unable to make the podcast, so I've got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, but the Cowboys are sitting pretty right now at 4-1, and one, and I know my esteemed colleagues Brian and Curtis have kept the podcast uh, informative and interesting while I've been gone. Um, so first things first, uh, we've got to do a KU recap. Uh, talk about the, uh, this week around the Big 12, and in addition, we have we got a few guests coming on later this later on this podcast from Iowa State to field a few questions and and preview the game this week. so What do yeah, you think,
1: Ed, boys? Well, before we dive in, Kyle, I mean, world traveler over there, you, you missed a lot in uh, college football world. You missed got, a lot. I tried to Ed, stay
0: updated, but missed, missed a the, lot.
1: Missed, missed the good with uh, Boise State and. Also missed the, the really bad <laughs> with with the tech
0: game. So yeah, kind of yeah, missed for a lot. Sure. So, so for all my We're cowboy on. fans, I, I just need to let you guys know. I, I was I stayed dedicated. I, I found a way to work around the system. Got a VPN, and I was streaming all the games from my iPad at two thirty in the morning. So don't think I gave up on the Cowboys. I, I was still watching while I was overseas for sure. Yeah. Did, did you did,
2: did you get that international plan, or how did you how did you manage that, Kyle? I don't want you to to get a bill. And then you not be able to go out and have fun with have fun with us some sometime later this week.
0: Yeah, just, just international plan and and finagling around the system, man. Got was able to get online and, and work get it working on the iPad. So watched yeah. a huge Boise State victory and a pretty sad Texas Tech loss at two thirty AM my time at, at that point. So some ups and downs yeah. for sure. Yeah. Gotta do Talk. what
1: you gotta do to watch some cowboy football
0: though. But you were being in lonely.
1: You were in what? London and France and Dublin. Out of all those places, uh, what we what was your best takeaway back to Cowboy Nation? You know, the the must do recommendation from Kyle and his world travels.
0: Man, that's tough. I mean, they're all three beautiful cities. Uh, you can't go wrong with any of them. But we we had the best time personally in London, so I'd I'd highly recommend it to any anybody looking to go traveling. So it's a good time to go.
1: Very cool. Any Cowboy fans over there? Did, did you find any or recruit any while you were over there?
0: Uh, No, just, just in passing at airports. I always give them the go pokes. Uh, I think I saw one or two Michigan fans, but I don't know if they knew they were Michigan fans because I walked by and I said, go big blue to them, and they just kind of gave me a blank stare. So may have just been a hoodie, or may, they may have been actual fans. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just random Michigan fans out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, so KU recap. Uh, Brian, do you want to go with the game ball first? Kind of go around the horn?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. I, I'm going to give it to Jordan Brelford. Again, stepping up, uh, having another three-sack performance. I think he also had, uh, I want to say he had five tackles for loss. I think he had seven total. Um, just a big game for him. Um, continuing to show his dominance. Um, I think he's definitely going to be moving up some people's, uh, draft boards, um, later this year. Um, uh, if he continues to to produce the way he's producing, I don't know if, if he's going to be a big enough guy. Um, but, but I definitely think whenever you put up those kind of numbers, uh, it gets highlighted and, and word will get out. Um, so continue to, uh see improvement on the defensive line and I think we're leading the the country in in sacks this year. In fact, I know we are actually, but uh yeah, uh and that's that's a lot uh he's been the biggest contributor to that.
1: Yeah, he's been a beast this year. I'm excited to see him the rest of the season and kind of wreck havoc in the backfield. I uh I'm going to go Landon Wolf for my game ball. The the dude just showed out. He uh you know, really stepped up when McCluskey gone. I think he had 160 yards.
2: McCleskey?
1: Yeah, I mean, after Landon Wolf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's a huge, I don't know. It's just it's just crazy a walk on like that. I remember last year, Kyle and I were up there kind of preseason and, and watching Mason Rudolph work out, and Wolf was out there with him, and I really didn't think much of him. The, the guy's pretty small. Uh, I mean, he looks a little quick, but I, I kind of thought, you know, the hype you know was maybe a little overrated uh but the dude just finds a way he's kind of reminds me a lot of uh, like david glidden type player just a small guy that just finds a way to get open and is pretty reliable so i think that was a big game for him and excited that he's only a sophomore eligibility he's got a couple more years so pretty cool to see it happen
0: yeah for sure it's good to see him have kind of a breakout game and then Brian, to your point, Brailford—he seems like he's just living in the back backfield this year. I think he's got—I uh, think he leads the country with seven sacks so far this year. So yeah, he's he's tearing it up back there. I think my game ball has to go though to Justice Hill, kind of obvious choice for me. Um, you know, we've been he's been kind of reserved quite a bit early in the season. Yeah,
2: um, you know, some of the key takeaways I had um, from an offensive side of the ball was Justice Hill um, touching the ball. I think, seven times on the first drive. Uh, You know, I saw a lot of people say free Justice Hill or Justice Serve, whatever you want to call it. It was just good to see him get, um, you know, a lot of touches to start the game, and I think it was an initiative to to feed him the ball and, and, you know, give Kansas a heavy dose of him. I think uh, he's been underutilized this year, and I don't think it's a secret. I I think they probably looked up and said, wow, you know, we just – I mean, I would think that was a surprise to them after the the Texas Tech game, saying, "Wow, we have only he's only touched the ball this many times." So it's good to see him get touches. Um, I also liked that um, Cornelius, um, you know, seemed to respond well. He didn't have a whole lot of issues um, getting the ball out. Um, it seemed like he was per usual on on slants across the middle, and then he improved on his deep ball game. So. That's kind of my takeaways. defensively, fourth quarter we gave a couple of touchdowns. It's hard to tell if, if um, those touchdowns bothered me more than they should have.
1: Yeah, I like what I saw out of Cornelius, really, his just composure. Um, he missed maybe one or two deep balls, but he placed them out there out in front of the wide receiver and then hit on several probably the most he's hit on all year in a game. And he really worked the middle of the field quite a bit more. I think that was part of their game plan, which is good to see. Um, you know, I don't think that I – I just don't understand from a play-calling perspective why it took a full week to understand we should be giving Gus's Hill the ball more. That's probably my biggest frustration is we didn't recognize that at halftime going in, you know, down by a touchdown last week and it took a whole whole week for <laughs> your to figure it out and it's kind of like one week too late. So I, I still kinda of frustrated with like, you know, mid game adjustments on the office side of the ball. But on the defensive side, we've got a lot of playmakers, but we've also got a lot of young guys who make some, you know, dumb mistakes. And I think Gundy alluded to that uh on his, you know, post game and even on the the media call yesterday that, you know, we just got a a lot of dumb penalties um, the extended drive. So I really hope we can cut that down. They're, they're young players, so hopefully they can learn from it and it's not an issue going forward.
2: Did you happen to see how animated Gundy was this past weekend? Kyle, did you see that? Curtis, I mean, any thoughts on that? It seemed like he was, like, I, I don't think I've seen him lose his mind like that you know, in a long time.
1: Uh He seemed like he was on a good two- or three-day bender to me. His bullet was just all <laughs> the over the hair, place. Went, man. The hair, I don't know if it was the wind or what, and his eyes even looked like he was a little tired, like it looked like he lost some sleep this morning. <laughs> uh, he seems to be a little more opinionated about kind of just where the direction of, he's made some uh, comments about the direction or, uh, you know, country's heading. I wonder if he's got a little bit of an opinion with the whole, uh, Kavanaugh <laughs> trial kind of uh, going on and, I don't know, he seems to just kind of be uh, a little on edge when it comes to some of these issues.
0: Yeah, he's definitely letting it loose a little bit more after after seeing him in Lawrence on Saturday and in the post-game interview as well. But yeah, I mean, to your point, Kirk, Cornelius looks a lot better. He's throwing the deep balls much better, I think, last week. You know, he's hitting guys almost in stride, You know, not not under-throwing them considerably like he has the last few weeks. And for me, I think the biggest takeaway was um just kind of how everyone stepped up. You know, before the game, I was kind of nervous just because we had, I think, five or six starters out. You know, Jalen just transferred. Daniels was out. Stoner was out. um, Bundage was out. A handful of guys. And so just kind of curious to see how that was going to look and how we'd play, you know, without those guys. Um in the game, and, and I think a few of them didn't even travel, but, you know, so the next guy up just kind of stepped up. I mean, Bernard played a good game, um, and then Devin Harper, he played a really good game as well. He was all over the place, and he was making plays. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that uh, Bernard, I mean, he had a a, a bad penalty and then kind of got burnt on a touchdown, but he also made a lot of good plays too. So it kind of gives you some hope that, you know, even though he, he made a couple – Boneheaded decisions and, and got burned on a touchdown. He he's also seems to be all over the place on the field. Like he just seems to be a really active player.
2: So yeah, kind of some that, hope
1: for the future, but some struggles in the short term.
2: And that tends to happen with young guys like that that are really talented. You'll see the. It reminds me of Bundage. He had when he was young. He had a lot of big time plays, and then he also had some boneheaded plays where you're just like, ah, I mean. He's not really a liability, but you're just afraid he's going to do something stupid after he makes a big play. So yeah. that's kind of how I feel about Bernard right now.
1: Uh, Bundage is still working on his offsides, so yeah. he's still got some, some room for improvement as well. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, well, I think there's definitely an upside to Bernard, you know, being afraid. Yeah, sure.
0: What we're talking about, do you guys have an injury update on any of these guys? Bundage, Yeah.
1: them. Bondage is supposed to be back. I'm pretty sure he's kind of game day decision this week. Uh, Stoner, they may hold him out another week or so. And then Daniels, is he's out for the season. So redshirt candidate to come back next year. But I, kind, I think Gundy alluded to it as well. I think, you know, there's a chance that a player like that may, you know, may, may decide to transfer out.
2: Um, I don't actually, see why, but. I actually got an update on Stoner, and as of yesterday afternoon, they said that uh, he tweaked his ankle in the game before, um, that, he, that he would be playing this week. Um, I mean, things obviously can change. I don't know if you've had a more recent update, but Stoner should be back Saturday. Good to hear. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. No, I heard that he's healthy and he's practicing. It's just more of do they hold him out precautionary. You right. know, being be pretty deep at the position, they they may hold him out. Kind of same thing with L.D. Brown. Like he's tweaked his ankle. Technically, could he could go roll out lot there, but we've got three quality running backs, so there's not really a,
2: a major need, of, really. Speaking of the running backs, I mean, did you see that J.D. King had, like, how many carries did he have? Did he have one, two? How many did he have?
0: Yeah, something yeah. like that. Looks like three I for he, two yards.
1: I a head scratcher. I mean, Gunny still talks him up like he's our number two back, and he's listed on the depth chart as number two, but we don't use him when it's obvious situations to use a a power back. I don't get it. We're on yeah, the goal it's... line, and we, we rolled, you know, Chuba Hubbard out there. And I mean, that... he,
2: had, he had three attempts, but two yards, uh, I mean, it wasn't impressive, but, I mean, when you touch the ball three times, it's yeah. tough to get going.
1: It's tough to get going. I mean, I think that he's going to be an every down back next year. He should be. Maybe it's more 50-50 between him and Hubbard, but I feel like he needs the ball more.
2: I do too. I do too. I yeah, think. I, I think that you we're underutil sure. I think we've underutilized all of them as a whole. But I, I think we are going to get better at, at you know taking advantage of of those people.
0: Yeah, because he way outperformed expectations last year. I mean, he was pretty much the go-to guy in all those goal line packages and power packages. And he's, I mean, he he was every bit the part. You know, I mean, he yeah, he, yeah, he'd capitalize on those touches.
1: It, and the one opportunity that he really got to show out and get a lot of carries was when Hill was out for the West Virginia game, and he, he ran for, like, 200-plus yards. And it wasn't like yeah. a fluke either. It's not like he broke off, like, one or two really big runs. It was just a solid performance carry after carry. So he's definitely shown he can do it. I mean, I just think yeah. he deserves the ball a bit more than two times a game.
2: Kind of disappointed. Big, he's a big yards-after-contact type guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, that's all I got on Kansas. You guys got any other final thoughts on Kansas or you, you guys ready to move on? They stink. I'm... Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, we, it was good to see we got, we got um, you know, off to a hot start. We usually always look so dead when we get, show up to Lawrence, but we played a little better in the first half than we usually do, so that was a little uplifting, I guess.
1: Yeah, I and mean, it's kind of what I expected to happen, uh, but it doesn't really tell us a whole lot about the team. I told yeah. Bryant as well. I think it might have been offline and on the, on the pod, but, you know, we we may end up being like six and one, but really not knowing anything more about, about the team being tested. So kind of expected to win the next couple, uh, Iowa State probably being the tougher of the, the next two, but we probably won't learn much more until, you know, we face uh, Texas. So hopefully we can get to that point and uh, see what happens.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to uh, kind of a new topic for us is Tweet of the Week. I started doing this every week. Just see what see what's going on on Twitter or surrounding Cowboy, Cowboy football and Cowboy sports and see if anything stands out to you guys. Anything buzzing right now?
2: Tweet of the
1: Week. I've got A.J. Green uh, kind of retweeted a, a video from Barstool Iowa State, and it was basically Barstool Iowa State – called out, and it was a video of the interception last year where the Iowa State receiver, if you remember, got tied up with A.J. Green. Um, it was called an interception and not a touchdown. So a lot of Iowa State fans, you know, granted, were pretty upset about the call. So I think they, they said, you best believe we're coming for you, especially after this BS last year. And A.J. Green goes, oh, that's me, kind of laughing. So I thought that was yeah. pretty funny. And that, uh, was, that was a kind play on the
0: final drive of the game, wasn't it? Yeah. I
1: mean it's kind of the deciding factor. I think I State would have essentially tied it up there or had a chance to tie it up had it been called a called a touchdown. I think there was thirty seconds left in the game, so no.
2: Yeah, um my tweet of the week is I mean, it's it's kind of a random follow, uh, but it's college teammates and they tweeted out a picture of Dez Bryant and Justin Blackman um together in the uh, on the two thousand nine Cowboys team. And it's the old uh it's the old logo uh, with our old uniforms, but it's just—I mean—just looking at them two together and wondering, man, what would it have been like to have uh, Justin Blackman and Des Bryant play that full 2009 season? Um, I—it I, would have been that would have been a fun year.
1: Yeah, that's a great combo. I mean, that's kind of going back to like even uh, kind of late '80s when Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders were on the same team. I mean, they never really got the carries at the same time, but it's kind of similar to, to Dez and, and Blackman's. All on the all on the same team, but never really crossed paths as being kind of big names.
2: And what's interesting about this picture I'm looking at is Blackman looks almost just as big as Dez in this picture. It's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, those were the days. I would have liked to see them uh, lined up on opposite sides of each other. It would have been pretty cool. Not I not bet so they long. did. I probably just didn't pay attention. <laughs> I don't remember Blackman a whole lot that year.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He must have been a freshman at the time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He was a
2: freshman. It, it would have been 09. Well, was, was that his freshman year? It was 9, 10, 11. Cause, what, what year did Blackman leave? Um, after the after, Fiesta. Af,
1: after Fiesta Bowl. But I, I don't know if that
2: was his junior or senior year. He was, he was
1: uh, a senior year because him and uh, Weedon both announced they were coming back after 2010.
2: Yeah, right. yeah we should cut that shit. I knew that. Yeah.
0: Last week of the week has to go to Spencer Sanders. I think man, he just put out a, a picture, of Philippians 4:13 picture of him warming up for the Kansas game. Really pretty simple, straightforward tweet and picture, but it's getting all kinds of love and retweet from all the fans, and so. Kind of interesting. I mean, everyone's still on still on board for him and thinks he's going to be the future. You know, but on the other hand, you know, Cornelius looked much improved last week, and people are still kind of replying to his tweet saying, why aren't they playing you and and ready ready for you, you to take the field and all that stuff. So interesting one to see that, you know, everyone's behind him and, and on board for him to be the future of the, the program at quarterback, but also um, – you know, even after Cornelius doing better, still fans aren't totally sold on, on the fact he's the guy for the year. So I thought that was pretty interesting and, and telling about kind of the state of the fans at our quarterback play.
1: Yeah, I've never seen – you know, I'm excited about Spencer Sanders for one, but I've never seen a, a, a quarterback get dogged quite as much as Cornelius has, but put up the kind of stats he has. And I get that he's not, you know, an NFL QB or – uh, you know, he's probably maybe a top-five QB in the conference. It's kind of debatable. Uh, I think he's probably fourth or fifth in conference. So not not terrible, not the greatest, obviously, but uh, a pretty solid QB, I think, can get better. But the fan base seems pretty torn right now on who should start, whether it's Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders. Um, Cornelius, for the most part, has responded pretty well with not a whole lot going for him in terms of fan support. So, it was good to see him have success against KU and I hope that you know, if we do end up 6 and 1 and, and go up against Texas that, you know, I think that that's kind of will be the telling game if if they do end up rolling. You know, if he looks like he did against Tech, they'll I think they'll probably end up rolling either Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders out uh at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, going into Texas, we're either going to find out if it's going to be sink or swim. He's either going to go out there and cheat down his leg or he's, I mean, he's going to come out and have an opportunity because the defense isn't going to necessarily probably win that game. Uh, he's going to have to go out there and win that game. He saw it against Tech. He was put in this position where the offense had to go win that game and he didn't do it. So I think his next opportunity is going to come against Texas and, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that turns out, but, um, I think there's justification between—I um, mean, justification for the the response to Cornelius, and, and maybe people aren't, you know, so high on him as they as we'd like them to be and support our quarterback. But at the same time, he needs to go out there and perform a little, at a little higher level um, to earn that res- res- respect.
0: Man, I think the true test is going to come this Saturday against Iowa State. I mean, they're playing stout defense this year; only gave up. 17 points to TCU so I think it's going to be another one of those games where offense is going to have to you know go out and make the plays to to win the football game and and somehow find a way around the Iowa State defense and I think he's going to have a test this week to see you know can he make those plays can he you know get creative and kind of have that game mentality to to get it done against Iowa State so I think this Saturday is kind of that pass fail we'll we'll know a lot more about Cornelius this week you know, he showed us some against tech, but I think fans will fans and the coaches as well will kinda know what, what he's made of, I think, after this weekend.
2: Yeah, I wonder how long we're gonna say that. We're gonna find out this week. We're gonna find out this week. I feel like we say that every week. And I'm guilty of it myself, but I just say like we say that a lot.
0: Yeah, you know, it just kinda makes me wonder. I mean, looking back at the schedule, I mean First two games were pretty easy, and then we had Boise State, which we rolled over. And it kind of makes me wonder, is Boise State that good? You know, are they are they overrated right now? Because, you know, Tech – so we learned against Boise State that Cornelius had a great game. You know, he played pretty well, and he he lived up to his name, but then Tech was the exact opposite just a week later. You know, he didn't make the plays, you know, couldn't really get the offense going at all. And then, once again, we have Kansas, and so you can't really – take three out of those five games, you kind of throw them out the window. But really the two most – the two biggest indicators are Boise State and Tech. You know, so Tech was kind of a dud, but then Boise State played good. And, again, it makes you wonder, is Boise State kind of overrated? Are they going to be pretty good?
2: Right. Against Boise, our our, uh, special teams kind of got Cornelius out of a bind. You know, like he'd have been under a lot of pressure um, having not gotten that block punt. Um I mean, not that he didn't play well, I don't want to take anything away from him, but um we had a couple of block punts, we were never really playing from behind outside of their first score. So and then against Tech he had to play from behind. So I mean yeah, those are the two two games and we kinda got a mixed review, right? So Yep. We'll see what happens yeah, against Iowa State. He,
1: he wasn't really put in any tough spots against Boise State. We had the lead the whole time, like you said. Um even if we don't get those special team plays, we probably still win 30 to 21. But he may react in a different different way, you know, if it's a tighter game. You know, right. He came out in that second half against Tech and just and really blew it. So I think maybe he'll get tested against weekend against Iowa State. They're certainly a good defensive team. I don't. I think our defense defensive uh, unit kind of plays well enough against Iowa State that they just don't have much of an offense. So I think that will probably get the lead and kind of hold it. So, kind of like the Boise State game, and maybe you know a one or two score game for most of it, but we we have enough of a uh, what makes you, know, cushion you say we're gonna,
2: not... what makes you say we're going to get the lead first? We haven't gotten the lead first on them in forever
1: um because their offense right now is pretty terrible <laughs> it's pretty
2: bad it's pretty bad
1: it's pretty bad yeah, I mean, if Kyle K was going out there, I might think a little differently and I want to put it past it, but I think the likely case is. We're able to kind of, you know, hold their offense uh, in check. I think that we probably won't be scoring, you know, 40 or 50 points come Saturday. I think it'll be like a 30 to 20 type game. So but I, I think – but basically what I'm saying is Cornelius I don't think will be tested too much or put in a situation where he's got to go out and win the game for the Cowboys like he was with Tech and really kind of faltered. So that might come later in the season uh, versus first Texas. Unless
2: Jursich wants, wants him to. I mean, he may put him in that position to where he has to go out and win the game.
1: Yeah, I think the more we can hand the ball off to Justice, uh, <laughs> we won't need that. We won't need Cornelius to win the game. We'll just need Justice to go out there and make the
0: difference. Yeah, very true. Speaking of Iowa State's offense, is I think our guests later on the show may know better than us, but do we know if David Montgomery is going to be playing on Saturday?
2: I think that's still to be determined. Uh, I know uh, that Campbell had a press conference yesterday and he really didn't give any indicator whether he'd play or not. Okay.
1: Yeah. We'll have to ask our guesses as he comes on later. Get the Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, cool. Let's go around the uh, Big Twelve for the week. I think a handful of good games going on. Well, I, I say good games, kind of a, a couple of good games, a couple of decent games. And so, starting off, we got Kansas versus West Virginia. Uh, I think West Virginia is favored by twenty-eight and a half in that game. Uh, so that should be blowout. West Virginia looks really good. Uh, the next game, we got Kansas State and Baylor. And I think Baylor is favored by four points at home there. Gosh, I think those are the two worst teams in the Big Twelve. Kansas I State, mean, really, Brian? You were on the K- you were on the Wildcat train early this year. Oh yeah,
2: they were my dark horse over the summer, and now they are.
0: <laughs> that looks like a terrible pick, Brian. Yeah, that was yeah. God, that was awful. Almost as bad as the Miami playoff pick. <laughs> hey, they're still in it. They're they're still <laughs> in it. Look at the look at their schedule. I just got to give you a hard time on it. it. They're yeah. still in it. i I'm, I'm with you. I
2: mean, we'll see what happens with Clemson. Because that would be their toughest opponent if they made it to the ACC championship. And they may not have, you know, their quarterback
0: back. Who knows? <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. Guys, I don't, about I don't the, um... Go ahead, Garrett.
1: Well, the West Virginia-KU game, I'll, I'll take the over for West Virginia. I think they beat the spread there, win big, especially being in West Virginia. Um and then the, the other game, Baylor-Kansas State, I don't think that – I think Kansas State might honestly be worse than Kansas this year, which is would be pretty crazy if, if that's the case. So wow. I don't know. I don't, what week did they play? Do we know? Um, is that the last game of the year for them? Oh, no, they they play Kansas State November 10th. I think that will be kind of the showdown between KU and KSU for, for last place. Uh, but I think Baylor's probably better than – than Iowa State, Kansas State, and Kansas so I'll go. I'll go Baylor Damn here. Iowa State.
2: <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. I, I think so. I mean, their QB is – I think they have, have a top five QB. Their defense has looked a little, little bit better, better this year. No, their uh, defense
2: is horrible.
1: <laughs> Did you watch
2: the OU game? Wide open.
1: They're playing Every one push. of the top offenses oh, in the nation. Oh, my fun. gosh.
2: 66 points, and they were all wide open. Oh, you could have scored 100.
1: Well, Bay, either Baylor held Kansas to seven points, we allowed Kansas to score
2: twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking up our defense. I didn't, I didn't do that.
1: <laughs> well, and it's all relative. Like Baylor's had
2: <laughs> an awful
1: defense last year um, and gave up a ton of points. So I, I think that they're a better unit than they were last year. In the Big 12, they're probably bottom half still, but I like I like uh, Baylor's QB better than Kansas State. I mean, Kansas State, Iowa State, and KU just don't have QBs.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Char-
1: Charlie Charlie, Charlie Brewer is a lot better. Is probably better than Robinson. He's better than the Texas QB. It's debatable if he's better than better Cornelius. than
2: Cornelius.
1: <laughs> it's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, All right. Course, you're, yeah, sound like, you're starting to sound like a homer.
1: No, I, I place Charlie I mean Charlie Brewer is a, a sophomore. Um I mean we'll see. Yeah. Their stats are awfully similar. Um but I think Charlie Brewer is a top five Q B. He's a sophomore. By the time he's a senior, he's gonna be an awfully darn good QB. So I, I just like Baylor's upside. I I think they're probably the uh the seventh place. Team sixth place team in the conference, but I'll go Baylor. What was the spread on that? I'll go I'll go Baylor. I'll,
0: I'll
1: go Baylor even with four and a half.
2: Yeah, I'll go Baylor four and a half, but it's not because they're
0: any good. It's because Kansas is worse.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree with you guys. I think I'm going Baylor four and a half, and I'm going West Virginia twenty eight and a half over Kansas. I think. Will Greer's going to have a, have a good game, He's going to pad his stats and try to try to move up the poles in the Heisman race a few spots. So I think Will Greer throws for a handful of touchdowns and several hundred yards, and they roll over Kansas. And then, of course, Baylor and Charlie Brewer take over K-State.
1: Yeah. So kind of looking at West Virginia real quick, just diving in, have you guys watched their games much? Have you, have you caught, caught on the their games or just kind of more looking at stats?
2: Yeah, I actually watched their game over the past weekend against Tech, and and Will Greer looked abysmal in the second half against Tech. He looked great the first half, but the second half he looked, he didn't look very good. So. He just
1: pressured or just kind of off his game?
2: uh, I mean, there's a little bit more pressure. I wouldn't say he was just feeling the heat from Texas Tech, but he, I, I mean, it was like a tale of two stories. His first half just looked, looked pretty, looked the par, and then second half, he just did not look very good at all, and that's the second time Tech, they've played two Big 12 opponents this year, and they have not given up a, the defense has not given up a touchdown in the second half in either of their Big 12 play games, that's pretty remarkable.
0: Wow,
1: that's good to say, yeah, that's pretty, pretty pretty, uh, big for Texas Tech defense, because that's not typically a good unit, <laughs> but they did they did well against us and they almost you know launched a comeback against West Virginia last week. Uh, I think if Bowman stays in that game, that that is even a closer game and maybe Tech goes on to win it. So that kind of stinks Bowman goes out. Uh, yeah, co-
2: collapsed long.
1: So it was West Virginia's you know what's their weakness? I mean they're obviously top one or two in conference with OU right now, uh, kind of looking outlook for who, you know championship game. Is it was their defense kind of, you know, kind of a little rem- iffy?
2: They remind me a lot of, um, I mean, they, they looked good against Kansas State, but they Kansas State doesn't have an uh, offense at all. Um, they remind me a lot of that 2011 Oklahoma State team. Um, their offense is, is pretty good, probably not as good as last year's Oklahoma State or Oklahoma teams. Um, and then their defense is – is is better than both those teams I just mentioned but um they're kind of opportunistic it looks like they they thrive on the turnovers um they're gonna give up yards but um you know they kind of they kind of remind me of that 2011 Oklahoma State team
1: yeah I could see that what I was kind of surprised about with West Virginia when I was looking over uh kind of their performance last few games is, is actually their receiving core like David's uh David Sills, who was the Blitnikoff runner-up last year, I believe, you know, he's actually their third leading receiver right now, There's actually two guys who've caught more yards than him. Yeah, Sills, I think,
0: is like top ten in the whole country, I think, in terms of receiving yards so far. Yeah, yeah, kind of odd, like, like he had a lot of, of,
1: yeah, kind of odd, because he he had a a, a huge year last year, and. Um, still having a good year this year, obviously, but it seems like they're spreading the ball around a little bit more.
0: Yeah, it sure does. So uh, outside of OSU, um, Iowa State, I think the game of the week in the Big 12 is going to be uh Red River rivalry, OU Texas. I think OU's favored by seven and a half in that in that game.
2: Yeah, I that spread seems. I know the games have been decided by. They've been pretty close as of late. Um, I think the last three years have been within a touchdown, so it, it makes, you know, it's easy to look at that and go, oh, it's trends, but I, you know, I I don't believe in trends. I mean, you look at them on paper and kind of look at the athletes on the offense side the ball that OU has, and I I hate to admit it, but Kyler Murray's arm is, is unbelievable. I saw the pass he threw last week to Calcaterra in the back of the end zone, and I don't think you could have thrown a better ball, um, with that velocity. So I think that they're, and, and Texas doesn't have anything like that on the offensive side of the ball. So I expect OU to, to not be slow. I mean, I know Texas has a good defense, but I don't expect OU to really be slowed down that much. Um, kind of similar to, I maybe slow them down similar to what Iowa State did. Um, but I, I don't think Texas is going to be able to, to put up a lot of points. Uh, so I think OU covers in like a 38 uh maybe 23 ball game or something like that
1: oh yeah you know this game comes around every year and we have to listen (laughs) this is kind of siding out out of prediction we have to listen to how great a state fair is and how awesome the cotton bowl stadium is and i've i've been to both many state fairs and also the cotton bowl stadium <laughs> there's really not much to talk about it, so I just think it's funny how there's so much hype about the pregame with this game, but uh, I do think OU goes on to win it. Um, Texas, their QB, just pretty limited. I think uh, I think it'll be a, a kind of two touchdown game in OU's favor. Uh, Kyler Murray has looked every bit of the part of, of what they hyped him up to be so far. You know, hasn't really been tested for the most part. Um, he even looked really pretty good against Army, even though it came down to the wire. They just Army essentially, I think, played keep away. I've still not seen the video on that because it was pay per view. But yeah, crazy I, uh, a school
2: like that can't get a you know nationally televised game. Yeah, against this, the Service Academy.
1: That out, yeah. Anyway, I wonder if Oklahoma like uh, welfare like subsidizes pay per view those individuals. but, uh, but going, back to game, <laughs> going back to the uh, the Army game, like, they just played keep away. Like, his stats were actually pretty solid. Uh, it's not like he played a bad game. They just they held the ball for, like, 80% of the game. And I just don't think Texas is going to be able to do that, um, and they're not going to be able to keep up the pace with OU scoring. So I, I see, like, a 48-34 uh, uh, type game OU.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think OU covers by this, covers the spread. and You know, it kind of seemed like Baylor tried to play the same game plan the Army did, you know, keep away. And early in the game they, they sustained long drives, Baylor did, against OU, and they tried to run the ball a lot. And I think that's what Texas is going to do. Um, you know, just knowing they don't have the best quarterback, they're going to try to run the ball a lot, hold, hold the ball as long as they can, keep it away from OU. You know, but sa- same thing that happened to Baylor is, you know, I think Texas gets down, you know, A couple scores mid first quarter, early second quarter and kind of forces their hand to, you know, pass the ball a lot more and hurry up their offense. And so, you know, I think that opens up the game a little bit. And I think, um, you know, OU runs away with it by two scores. So, uh, yeah, I think it's 42 27 type ball game. Um, and so I think that's it for the Big 12 uh, outside of the OSU-Iowa State game. I think TCU, Tech, uh, both have the weekend off for their bye week, uh, which comes at a pretty good time after after five weeks so far. I think we've got our bye week um, here coming up in two weeks, so that will come at a, at a good time as well. Uh, so, so before we get into O-State-Iowa State game, let's do our lock of the week. And so I'll, I'll kick us off just because – I've been out the last few weeks, and so Curtis and Brian offline told me I have to give four locks of the week this week to catch up to their record. I think Curtis is sitting pretty at 4-0, and Brian's sitting not so pretty at 1-3. So i got to give four locks um, to catch up, and we'll see how yeah, they go. You
1: guys, you guys have a long road ahead to catch up here.
0: It's it all starts right at, here.
1: At undefeated.
0: All right, let's see it. Roll them out. All right, I think uh first lock of the week I'm going with uh East Carolina versus temple over under set at fifty five I'm going over uh, they both have pretty good offenses and really nothing in in the way of defenses and so over fifty five it seems like a pretty good pretty good lock to me, so that's my first one.
2: Are you gonna release these
0: do what? I'm just kidding. I was I
2: was asking if you were gonna release these on your uh, local betting website.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. No commissions on my on my website. All right. <laughs> uh, number two, again I'm looking at an over/under. I'm going OU Texas over sixty and a half. Uh, I think it's pretty close, but I think OU's offense can can get you know. Below to mid 40s. I think it's a fairly close game, and so I think I'm going to go over 60.5. Uh, number three lock. I got to go. I got to go with Syracuse at Pitt. Um, Syracuse at Pitt. Syracuse is favored three and a half. I think they're going to cover that. You know, they looked really good against Clemson for three and a half quarters last week, and they just about upset the number three three team in the country. So. I think Syracuse can can cover that three and a half against Pitt. I don't think Pitt's all that much this year.
2: Yeah, they win that game if they don't puke down their leg in the fourth quarter. They 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 got real conservative.
0: Yep, they way sure did. too conservative. They sure did. My last one, um, I'm kind of between a few different games here, but I'm going to go kind of a big game and kind of a risk. But I'm going to go with uh, LSU favored by two and a half at Florida. Away game at the Swamp, but LSU's looked every bit apart so far this year and um, not really sold on Florida yet. So I'm, I'm going to say LSU covers that two-and-a-half at Florida. Those aren't half-bad
2: picks, Kyle. I kind of like uh, I like the LSU pick. I like the, the over on the Texas and then the Temple East Carolina over. I think those are all good. I think your Syracuse pick, uh, I don't know. I think they – that's going to be a tough game for them to cover. They should cover. They're a better team, but coming off playing Clemson. Um,
0: I don't
1: yeah, know. in a game they really really couldn't and should have won.
0: Well, Kurt, uh, Bryant's 1-3, so, so I, I don't know if I value his opinion about my picks, but what do you think about the yeah. picks? Do you like well,
1: with Brian's optimism, it makes me think you're going to go one and three, but, um, <laughs> no, I, I like your picks overall. I think the pit, Syracuse one is a tough one. I think that's such a tight spread and really, I wouldn't want to bet on either of those teams any which way. I'd stay as far as way possible from, from that game, but I like your LSU, uh, Florida game. So, um, what I'm going to go with this week is I've got Iowa versus Minnesota. I'm going to go with Iowa favorite. Freaking by. Homer. So I like what I've seen out of Iowa. They're kind of improving week to week, and I think they uh, they beat Mich- or Minnesota by a touchdown or two.
0: What's the line there? I didn't catch you. Six and a half. Is that right?
1: Uh, I want to say it's three. Oh. I got it at seven. <laughs> Six and a half. Sorry. Yeah. Six and a half. Okay. So I think they went by a touchdown or more.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a homer pick. Um, I'm also going to go with kind of a pick that I, I, I picked earlier in the year, caught some grief for earlier in this podcast. I'm going to take Miami, minus 13. That's a lot of points against an in-state rival, but FSU is bad. And Miami's gonna Miami's gonna put up some points on them, and and FSU's lethargic offense is, is gonna struggle against that that Miami defense that's causing lots of turnovers this year.
0: Yeah, I like that pick, Brian. I think you'll get one back here this week.
1: Rule number one, Brian: learn from the master. Never bet on a rivalry, ever. About to be one and four.
0: <sighs> About to be one and four. <laughs> College. It's, we'll, we'll it's going to be too, too one-sided of a rivalry this year. <laughs> That's I, I like a mismatch, it, not a rivalry. They I
1: bad on a rivalry,
0: yeah. All I right. Like it. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we get to the OSU-Iowa State game, we're going to call in our, our buddies at Frat Stars and College Football from Iowa State. All right, so up next we got Connor from Frat Stars and Football here, uh, Iowa
1: State kind of podcast and uh, Twitter. So we're kind of excited to have him on and learn a little bit more about Iowa State football and the upcoming game, game this weekend. So, Connor, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your podcast and your Twitter.
3: Yeah, so uh, I'm in a fraternity up at Iowa State called uh, Theta Xi, and we got a lot of kids in the house who watch college football, Um, A couple of them came to me, we we wanted to do a podcast, we wanted to uh, sit down and actually talk about it and see if we could make a cool uh, show out of it, so we've been doing that for five weeks now, and uh, trying to get through Spreaker, and we're trying to invest money into it. Connor,
2: Connor, how did you become an Iowa State fan? Was it just, you you grew up in West Des Moines, was it just kind of nature, family, or...
3: Yeah, my mom was uh, a big Iowa State fan, and uh, I guess my family didn't really push me into it, but I was a huge sports fan. So just having Iowa State as a team to cheer for ended up being something we that I did all the time. So we I always watched just about every Iowa State game uh, okay. through the years. So.
1: Very, cool. Very cool. Yeah, so what would you say, just kind of looking? I mean, I don't know what year you are in school, but just kind of Iowa State football. Like, what what's the biggest or coolest, you know, Iowa State tradition?
3: Yeah, so uh, I'm a junior, so uh, I've been I've been here and in college and everything, and experienced a lot of the stuff. Um, y- you probably know this, but there's not a lot of traditionary things Iowa State football does. <laughs> I would say, I would say the coolest uh, thing they do um, right now. I mean, they got an entrance song. So that's cool. They got power as the entrance song, and then they, they do the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin like glass break theme song after that. So that's cool that they just put that in there a uh, year ago. So I wouldn't really call it a tradition. But singing Sweet Caroline, uh, they usually only do it after like a win against the top 25 team. But any uh, anytime they storm the field and get to sing that on the field is really cool. So
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, what I've noticed about Iowa State is, I mean, they seem to pack the house even in years where they're not, you know, having the best year, even relative to Iowa State terms, you know, they seem to have a really good following, almost like Kansas State in a lot of ways. You just, no matter what, the fans show up, which is which is pretty cool.
3: Yeah, as, uh, I was going to say, there was a game a few years ago against Oklahoma State, and it was recent to the big upset in 2011, but Iowa State was like 1-8 coming into the game, and they sold out. Oh, wow sold out or they got 57,000 or something I'm not sure but, yeah uh, unfortunately yeah. I don't I don't think I could say that that would happen
2: at Oklahoma State if the if you're one and eight <laughs> it's, it's not like we are uh, an elite program yet but uh expectations have changed and I feel like you know we'd have an empty empty stadium if we were at one and eight so that's that's pretty remarkable that you you have a fan base that kind of sticks through the tough times and comes out and supports the team
3: there's been too many tough times uh, that they just get adjusted to it, is my only answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think our tough times were so long ago now that most of our fans wouldn't know what to do with themselves. We'd basically be KU. We'd have like 10,000
2: fans there, so... <laughs> So, so, so far, Iowa State kind of had a, has had a rough, a rough stretch. Um, you know, they did get to play, uh, incarnate word, which, which probably would have been a nice, uh, just kind of jumpstart to the season, get some guys going and, and, and get to, you know, just, um, just kind of get to loosen up and, and have a, have a prep game for some of the better competition. But, uh, so far, what would you say the fan base morale is this year? You know, we talked about, you know, the fans still come out and support, but how, how is their morale? Are they, are they excited still? Um, are they kind of disappointed in, in the start? Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how the fan morale is?
3: Yeah, their first, uh, their first game against South Dakota State actually, uh, being canceled, that, uh, that hurt them a lot. I think they would have definitely played a lot better against Iowa, and, uh, I don't think they would have beaten Oklahoma, but, uh, if you get a jump start there, you're just a game ahead of what you are now, so. That hurt them a lot, um, but fans are worried right now. They're in a tough stretch. Uh, you got Oklahoma State this week. Who's? Are you, I don't know if you guys are ranked or not, I guess. Uh, uh, we just came in at number 25,
2: and I'm not sure Ooh. how. I mean, we, uh, we we didn't show much thus far, so um, voters kind of giving us a little more respect than, than we're used to.
3: Yeah, just uh, but yeah, just they're staring one in five right in the face right now due to playing two top twenty-five teams in a row, and especially that West Virginia team. I think they can, uh, if they can get over Oklahoma in the championship game, whether they do in the regular season or not, I think they go to the playoff. But yeah, just staring one in five in the face, you know, no one's really. I mean, they're counting Iowa State out right now, and that's not something you should do to a Matt Campbell team. Because I think there's, I think this weekend's game's gonna be a toss-up too, but I, no one, no one is appreciating Iowa State uh, right now, especially their defense.
2: Yeah, I, I noticed that they um, they they held TC, TCU to 17 points last week. That's uh, T C U is not a juggernaut, but they put up some points against Ohio State, and, and Iowa State, you know, did not let them do that. I, I got to watch some of that game Saturday night after the O U Baylor game, and I was very impressed with Iowa State's defense, and they showed that against OU. I don't know who else is going to hold OU to 38 points, and um, so that's pretty remarkable what they do on that side of the ball, especially after losing a leader like Joel Lanning.
3: Yeah, absolutely. They uh, they <coughs> they return most of their defense, but they just lost uh, the star in him, and uh, freshman Mike Rose is his name. He's his Lanning's replacement, and he's had a few really good games to start off the stretch, so that's helping him. Good
1: job. Yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with the TCU game. Uh Kind of like Brian said, like you know, TCU put up a lot of points, looked pretty good on offense against Ohio State. And Iowa State comes in and and really makes that a close game against TCU. Um, I'm kind of nervous, just kind of looking forward to the to the game this weekend. Um, you know, OSU has kind of struggled. Ohio, I mean, Oklahoma State we've struggled a little bit against uh even t- you know t- uh, Tech to go down and score. So and I'm kind of a little hesitant going into the game this weekend, uh, going up against the uh, Cyclones' defense.
3: Yeah, well, the battle I think uh, to look for is we I was I mean, we all know Iowa State's defense uh, has really got it going right now, but the offense is in shambles. They might be the worst offense in the Big Twelve. I mean, last week was just bad. Uh, Zeb Nolan ran uh, one time the entire game. He got 27 yards out of it because. I mean, frankly, he had so much time in the backfield when he was throwing in the first half that by the second half, they didn't think he was going to run the ball at all. So he took off once for 27 yards, but, I mean, he's not a runner whatsoever. Wow. So so would you say the offensive
2: line has held up pretty well then if he had had all that time in the first half? Was he just – Do
3: you think he had a uh, subpar I, performance throwing the ball? I'm going to contradict myself a little bit and say the line was crap at times, but on the plays that he did have time to throw, uh, he was just forcing the envelope and, you know, not using his legs like we know he can, so. Okay. Yeah,
2: and, and speaking of legs, uh what, what's the status of Montgomery this week? I, I saw that he could possibly be out, um, but nothing has been uh definitive yet.
3: Yeah, the uh the only thing we got is uh from the press conference this week. Campbell said he's got a deep bruise on his underarm. Uh he said he looks really good. He looks like he's in game shape. It's just Montgomery dealing with how much pain there is. So right now he's day to day. Uh they don't know if he's gonna play Saturday, so we'll see. But uh he is they they have trust in the backup running backs. They throw two or three in a rotation there, but Montgomery is far and away the best running back they have.
1: Yeah, no doubt. He's been a workhorse for you guys for the past couple of years. years. Um, but it sounds like he'll probably go as long as he can deal with the pain. My, on Kyle Kemp, um, you know, what's his status? Is he going to come back this year at all? I mean, he doesn't really have I, – I don't think they give seventh-year <laughs> players more <laughs> eligibility. <laughs> he might be the first wanted- seventh-year player, though. I, I don't know how he got this year from all I, – I counted how he, how many years he's been in college. I, I don't really know how he got eligibility this year. It kind of went under the radar. Maybe you can kind of expand on that. But is he going to be back this year?
3: Yeah, um, Iowa State usually gets gypped on 60-year scholarships. They had a few basketball players uh, in a row get denied on those, on similar things. Um, the thing with Kemp, uh, yeah, injuries have plagued him through his career, and obviously he came from a junior college. If you ever watched his story, it's insane, uh, the stuff he did last season. Um, but he's kind of been day-to-day since Oklahoma week, I guess. So uh, I don't think I don't think they even know when he's coming back. He's dealing with MCL stuff, so oh. he uh, I think he strained it in the Iowa game. But yeah, I'm not I'm not sure when he's going to be back. It couldn't come too soon uh, for Iowa State, though.
2: So outside of uh, we kind of played a little bit, or we we got to see Zeb Nolan last year, and he he did a pretty good job against OSU. I think we had a I would say a little bit better team last year than this year. I don't think that's any. Any surprise, but, um, he had a pretty good game against us. We know Montgomery's good at, good at the running back position. If he's, if he's good to go, but what's a name that OSU will know after Saturday, um, outside of those two players?
3: So, uh, I'm going to go right back to the defense and, uh, it's Greg Eisworth and Lawrence White. Two safeties, uh, for I would say or two defensive backs. They are finding like ways to, uh, get in the backfield and get tackles for losses each game. They came up huge and, um, Akron game especially. We call we, my buddy and I on a, on our uh on the podcast actually called the Akron game for the student station up here. So I mean those two have been just insane uh for Iowa State's defense because uh the bigger names are uh Deshante Jones and Brian Peavy from the defensive back. So they've been making even more plays and better plays than they have so far this year. So
0: Yeah, we'll have to
1: watch out for that. Um uh, yeah, I'm nervous. You guys seem like we have a lot of uh playmakers on that defensive back, uh secondary of that team. So I'm kind of might make their passing game and Cornelius struggle, but he hasn't really shown to uh be very effective downfield. So I, I kinda wonder how we'll attack attack you guys and uh I know you guys play what, a four two five, if I remember right, or, or some kind of variation of that. Almost almost similar to KU if I remember right.
3: Yeah, right now they're uh, they're kind of going 3-4-5 and uh or I'm sorry, not 3-4-5. You got 12 guys on the field there. They're kind of <laughs> going with a three with they uh I'm trying to think. They they're only rushing three uh down linemen right now and then they rotate that extra defensive back, linebacker in and out of the box. So, uh,
1: okay, yep. So like a 3-3-5 three, three, like that.
2: Yeah, just about and then
3: sometimes
1: they move that guy it. around.
2: And then, yeah. Yeah, if you guys sneak an extra player on the field and it goes unnoticed, that's, that's pretty uh, noteworthy. We might yes. see on that. Yeah, that'd be a pretty, really good pretty big controversy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be just so, like an Iowa
1: State uh, OSU game, though. I mean, w- what are your thoughts from last year's uh, – I saw some tweets about it this week, too, between some players, I think. But we had an interception, I think, in the back of the end zone last year that was kind of a, a tied ball. Um I don't you know, know if you remember the play or not, but if you do absolutely. was that it, <laughs> I figured. So interception, <laughs> no interception, touchdown. What's your what's your uh, I've seen,
3: consensus there? I've seen so many looks uh with uh Twitter pictures and stuff. Um one has the Iowa State receiver pinning the ball against the Oklahoma State player's shoulder pads with both of him both of his hands on it and both the Oklahoma State players' hands on it. But when I, when I watched it in the stadium, when I watched the video afterwards, I thought Oklahoma State definitely caught the ball. Um, if you want to go as far to say that an Iowa State player penning the ball against someone else's shoulder pads is a catch, then I guess you throw it to Iowa State. But, you know, all in all, too close to call, and I would have called an interception on the field. Yeah,
1: well, at in, least in, you're...
3: In Oklahoma State's favorite, I think. I think it was an interception.
1: Yeah, well, at least you're not too biased. then. Yeah, I kind of Sorry. agree, too. I mean, it, it was a close one. He, The Oklahoma, Iowa State guy definitely had his mitts, both, you know, both paws on, on the ball there. It had a pretty good grip on it, but he did have it pinned against him and the cornerback, and the cornerback had his yeah. arms yeah. on it. That's a tough, tough one. It's kind of like the the Dez catch it type of thing. Um, oh, yeah. It, it was too close, to and just got
3: to you just got to figure out how you want to read that rule because I wouldn't consider catching the ball against someone else's pads a catch, but that's just me. You
2: know? Right.
3: Right. And sometimes they give, I think I've heard people say that like, a, a, you know, as
2: close as you can get to a tie to the runner in like a, a baseball is like, if, it, if both yeah. people have possession of the ball, it goes to the receiver. Um, but yeah, I mean, he kind of had it pinned up against our guy. I think, you know, that's, that's a testament to your honesty, right there, saying that the, you think the Pokes uh, deserve the interception. So,
3: <laughs> I can't, I can't stand, I can't stand biased fans that just let their like fandom get in the way of what's the right call or not and stuff like that. You know? Oh I yeah, just, I know. we, we, we deal just with love them. <laughs> we have people like that in our own
2: state. We deal with them all the time. <laughs> um,
3: yeah. Iowa State fans like that all over the place. <laughs> <I
1: think. laughs> yeah. So, kind of uh, go
2: back to the game. What
1: What would you say if Iowa State was going to pull off the win this weekend in Stillwater? What are they going to need to do well to, to to get get away with the W?
3: Honestly, uh, just play a different quarterback. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Not a Zed
1: Golden fan.
3: There Not it is. General, yeah. Uh, I think I. He's just. He doesn't look. He just looks out of sorts in the offense. Uh, they brought in Brock Purdy. He's a true freshman from Arizona. Pretty pretty highly touted recruit for uh, what we got. I think he's a four-star. But they brought him in for a couple plays uh, in the Akron game, actually. Um, not He didn't do great, He's uh, but he's taking reps in practice with the first team. So, I mean, you could maybe see him this weekend and maybe Kyle Kemp gets, comes back on a miracle. I'm not sure. But uh, I think if Iowa State... Uh, When's this game I don't think Zeb Nolan's gonna be the quarterback
2: well if Campbell takes any notes he just needs to look back at all of OSU's struggles with uh first time starts or first time playing in games I can't count how many times Kansas State has thrown out a new quarterback that's not any good and, and gone on to to just you know us make them look like a Heisman so um yeah maybe they'll throw him out there I think you couldn't hurt your couldn't hurt your odds
3: Definitely. Uh, being a school that's lost to Kansas State ten times in a row in what's supposedly a rivalry, uh, I would totally agree with that statement.
2: Wow, I didn't know. I didn't realize it. It had been that long. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been. I think the last time Iowa State beat Kansas State, I think Gene Chizik was the coach. I think it was 2007 or 2008. Um, and then the next year they started playing the games in Arrowhead. At State Stadium, they played a couple games there, and Iowa State, like, let a game-winning drive all the way down the field, had a, had an extra point get blocked uh, to not send it to overtime. So, I mean, like, just stuff like that's happened every year against K-State. That's wow. rough.
1: That's I, rough. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's a cool stat. Yeah, I, I kind of, looking at OSU and Iowa State's overall record, I think we're we win this. We're winning the series, I think, like, 31 18 with three ties, but we won six in a row. But I, I don't feel confident in that streak at all because uh, we came into the year with, like, what? Nine in a row against Tech? Yeah. <laughs> and it's I a win year it for a
2: to be broken. Yeah.
1: So, and we've had a ton of close games against Iowa State. It seems like almost every year. We've had a couple comeback wins what, two two or three years ago, and then last year was went down to the wire. So, I, I kind of expect a uh, back-and-forth
3: battle all game long. Well and from our view, uh I, I'm pretty sure Iowa State's been the underdog in each game since they upset uh you guys in twenty eleven, but Iowa State always just plays out of their minds against Oklahoma State at the start and then you guys come back and pile on and they'll win by two touchdowns, so
2: Yeah, so so speaking of that, uh Connor, I don't I don't know how old you were whenever that two thousand eleven game was played, but um, I was a sophomore in college, and, and it's a game that a lot of us Oklahoma State fans uh, just can't get out of our rearview mirror. It just lingers, and in our in our rearview mirror, and we just you know just looms over us. Um, probably the only opportunity that OSU has ever had to be in a title game um, or a title situation, and uh, so so we have to ask: Is, is Iowa State's 2011 win over? Number two OSU the most talked about win in ISU history?
3: Uh I so if you asked me last year I would have said yes.
2: Uh, ah, but that was, I was
3: hoping you would give it to those guys. The Oklahoma upset was just like I, I remember I remember that OSU game way more than I do last year's Oklahoma game just because uh under the lights of Jack Price on a Friday night, um trying to think how old I was, probably thirteen or so. And it, just the best Iowa State game I've ever watched. It's my favorite, uh personally. I think I have different opinions of the Oklahoma game because I think if they play that game 99 more times, Iowa State loses each time, even from, like, the second half on. Like, Iowa State had no business winning that game whatsoever, and that's just what made that a bigger upset.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't on the road against number, number three OU, I think, at the time. Yeah. Number three versus number two, but one's on the road. You guys had a much better team last year too, because you guys went on to beat TCU, if I remember right.
3: Yep. Yep. And then they beat number four TCU at Jack Trice in the same month. So I mean, it was a fun month to be an Iowa State fan.
1: Oh yeah. And those those two teams went on to go play for the uh, the Big Twelve
2: Championship. So
1: yeah, that's impressive. Big time wins
3: last year. Yeah.
2: Very impressive. So so let's get on to our predictions. We'll ask it straight up and then the spread currently right now is uh Iowa State plus ten and a half. They're getting ten and a half points here. Um Connor, how do you how do you think this
3: is gonna shake out? I'm I'm gonna just throw a dagger at Iowa State fans and say they lose by three, but they definitely cover the spread. Well Yeah, I, I I can I can see that as well. I think it's gonna be a closer
2: game than us OSU fans would would like to see um, per usual. Um, I know two years ago you guys came in and had like a 17 point lead in the third quarter in Stillwater, and uh, maybe it was 14. I'm pretty sure it was 17 points. And we came back and won that game. And um, I've never seen the stadium more deflated than than what you guys did to us. I'm not really sure how we got motivated in the second half to win that game, but. I'm with you. I, th- I think that, uh, Iowa State comes out and plays a tough game and makes it, makes it difficult on OSU.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same way. I think it'll be a nail biter. I think it'll come down to the wire. I don't feel comfortable betting on that spread because, uh, kind of like Connor alluded to, you know, even a close game, you know, you could, you could score a touchdown at the end and just totally ruin that spread. <laughs> but, uh, but I, uh, I think it'll be a nail biter. It'll be a close one come Saturday.
0: So over under, I think it's at 54 and a half. Uh, you think
1: it's going to be a high scoring game or kind of coming in under there, Connor?
3: Uh, with Iowa State's defense, I'd probably take the under. Uh, I know Oklahoma State's always a high scoring game for Iowa State though, so it's just, it's, it's such a dilemma and I know they, they make it tough for you on purpose, but I'd probably take the under just because of the defense.
2: Yeah, I think if you look at the history, it's very easy to say what, 54.5 points, I'm going to take the over, but I'm with you, I think OSU doesn't quite have the explosiveness, um, that's actually putting it lightly, we do not have the explosiveness that we've had in the past, and uh I watched Iowa State play TCU last week, and that defense is is really, really good, so... Um and they, and they they held OU to 38 points. I know it's a lot of points, but OU's is a really good offense. So, yeah, I'm gonna take the under as well on this.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking a game in the 20s, like a 28 to 21 type game. So I I take the under. Um. But yeah, Connor. I mean, we appreciate you hopping on and uh, talking to Iowa State football and kind of previewing the game this week.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, follow Frat Stars and uh, Football on Twitter at FratStarsCFB, and uh, we'll definitely uh, give you guys a shout out and all that. Thanks for having me on. All right. So thanks
0: again to our buddies at Frat Stars and Football from Iowa State uh, coming on the podcast, answering a few questions about Iowa State football and kind of preview on this week's this week's game so it should be a good one uh so give them a follow at frat cfb on twitter uh, they got some good stuff coming out every week and definitely a good podcast to listen to so moving on to um kind of our section of the the osu iowa state game this weekend let's let's talk about um uni predictions and game predictions and anything standing out and, and what do you think for the for the final i think uh OSU, the line opened at, I think, 14 we were favored by, and it's already moved down to 10.5, I believe. So I think the smart money saw how how Iowa State's played us the last few years and saw it was 14, and they jumped on that line quick. So it moved 3.5 points, I think, within a, a day or two. So, um, yeah, what do you guys think about that game?
2: Wow, that's a, that's a big jump, and that's some big players coming in to move it that far. Um, yeah, I I like us going into this game just because Iowa State's offense, um, hasn't been able to do much. I know that they played TCU last week and TCU has a a decent defense, um, but not anything spectacular. Um, I mean, nothing like Texas's defense or, um, Iowa State's defense. I mean, they have a good defense themselves. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think Iowa State's going to get their share. They're going to get theirs, just like um, any team would against this Cowboy defense. Young, um, inexperienced, especially if bondage is out. I mean, our front, front line, um, obviously, is, is playing like one of the best in the country. Uh, we'll see if that holds water as we get into um, kind of the deeper part of our schedule. Um, but I, I like Iowa State to score some points in this game. Um and keep it close. But I think OSU will um have a decent game at home. I think um Gundy knows that uh he needs to perform better at home and this is a good opportunity too. And um, you know, we better be ready to play though because Iowa State um is staring a one and five right in the face, just as Connor had told us earlier. Um just kind of um below par for them and they had higher expectations coming into the year. So I think it'll be a close game, but I think OSU uh, pulls this out the W, and kind of like Curtis said, you know, maybe in the 30s or 20s, I'm going to go 34-24 pokes.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of thinking along the same lines Um, as far as, you know, close game. um, The spread is so tight, I'm not – 100% 100% positive which way it would go, but I'll say OSU beats the spread, but it's going to be real close to that 10-point that line. So I'll go, uh, you know, I'll go 35 to 21 um, type game. The thing about the, the Cyclones that I, I kind of seen is, you know, Zeb Nolan is just not a very good QB right now. Now I say that, and he'll probably come into Boone Pickens and throw for like 400 because uh, we seem to do that with, with a lot of QBs and kind of give them their their one shining moment type make game. Them look good. Yeah, but the, but the dude threw for, let this kind of sink in. He threw for 78 yards last week against TCU, and maybe TCU is just a juggernaut on D. They're certainly a decent with Gary Patterson defensive team, but 78 yards. That's I mean, a, it, hey. starting the following week, if we had a QB throw for 78 yards throughout an entire game, and Gunny started him the next week. Can you imagine what would hey, happen?
2: That's the <laughs> scary. That's the scariest stat you said tonight was that their quarterback threw for 78 yards last week. <laughs> I feel like anytime yeah. that happens, they come out and throw a haymaker at us.
1: Guns blazing, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I saw this uh, with the caveat that you know, likely he's gonna probably come out and have the game of his life because it just it just happens to us. Um but also saying that we have won six in a row against Iowa State. Uh I believe it's our second longest remaining streak uh besides KU. And these are just the types of games, you know, we already lost a streak this year against, you know, Tech who we had won nine in a row against. So this might be the year where we struggle with almost any decent opponent. Uh that's yet to be seen. Um, you know, how kind of alluding back to what Kyle said earlier you know how good was Boise State really they still not real like know. good um, <laughs> yeah we, we kind of mentioned that even you know post game Boise State but before even playing tech it's kind of a question mark on you know how how good are they actually you know how big of a win was that in reality so i think uh i think i was uh, you know oklahoma state does enough that we we pull away um, win by you know 13 or 14 points there um but I think Zeb Nolan probably has a much better game and uh is able to put together some scoring drives for that anemic offense uh, of the Cyclones. So, nah, I think that I think that uh it'll be a close one. And it kinda depends a little bit on if Montgomery is is uh active or not. But I I think he will be and I think that uh they'll they'll put together a few drives to kind of keep playing.
0: Yeah, I'm going the uh, I'm going the opposite side of the coin. I think I think OSU covers, but I think uh, unlike you guys, I think OSU kind of pulls away in this game. I think, you know, after that hard Texas Tech loss and um, being back at home, I think I think Gundy has the players motivated. I think, uh, you know, they got the one loss under their belt. It's kind of, you know, destiny's in their own hands at this point. You know, do you want to play for the Big 12 title or have at least a shot at it, or do you just want to fall short and run the middle of the pack? And so I think players know what's at stake. Uh, you know, Cornelius is looking a little better as of last week. Um, and then you guys alluded to Iowa State's struggles as of late. So I think OSU kind of pulls away. We have a lot of offensive playmakers. We are able to overcome the tough Iowa State defense. I think it's a thirty-eight seventeen type game. I like it. Yeah. So give me, so once give again, me some I'm, of that. I'm staying optimistic and and I, I think we pull away here. <laughs> yeah. Who who's the
2: quarterback uh if we win thirty eight seventeen? It can't be your boy Cornelius.
0: Like I said, man, this is this is this week's gonna be the test. So <laughs> he, he fell flat against Tech, but you know, I mean, hard to gauge against against the Kansas team. But at the same time, week after week, he's looking a little more comfortable. Um, Wait, you know, and
2: all right, you're giving it up to him now, Brian. What was your prediction again? Going back to yours, thirty you you
1: did... So you're saying a, a differential of four points. Is is impossible with Cornelius at the uh, at the QB spot?
2: No, I'm just saying. <laughs> the, the way, the it's not way, really tying well, back
1: here to me. I just want to figure the out the way the way Kyle coming.
2: the the way Kyle grades out Cornelius for him to say he's gonna go in there and win 38-17. I mean, I just wonder, you know, what's changed or, or you know, is Iowa State that bad?
0: No, I think Justice Hill has a few breakaway runs, and I think, you know, as we saw last week, Tyron, Tylan, and Landon are all coming in their own, you know, and I think the offense is starting to click a little bit better, timing's getting a little better, you know, and all the offensive playmakers are starting to feel more comfortable and, you know, kind of kind of catch a rhythm and get in their groove. And so I think it's not just Cornelius. I think it's, you know, all, all 11 guys, and I think, you know, we have enough playmakers on offense like we talked about all season. Um you know, got enough weapons to get the job.
1: Kind of going back to the uh, the cupcake uh, teams early in the season, like even against essentially air, his uh, his deep balls were were pretty uh, pretty bad. You know, like there was there was not <laughs> much going on there. I mean, like he could not connect. There was not a whole lot of timing in there. And now that we're playing a little bit better opponents, even though it's Kansas or or Tech, for, for that matter. Like, it seems like timing is getting a little bit uh, a little bit better on those V balls and I just don't think they would be calling those plays uh, if they didn't think he could connect on them.
0: Yeah, it makes you feel like that the quarterback and receivers are hanging out late after practice and running those routes, or Yursa just kind of made it a point of emphasis to, hey, this is part of our game plan, and we've got to get it figured out. You know, so I think we saw it a little bit last week, and I think we'll continue to see it this week and, and weeks coming. You know, I think – it's gonna, it's it's improving, and I think it'll continue improving.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of the the big pieces I see as far as the team and, and making improvements throughout the season. It's, you know, Cornelius has to get you know more refined and figure out his timing. Um, the offensive line has to make up improvements. And then on the defensive side, we just have a lot of inexperienced you know, secondary players that have got to make some progress and, and cut out some of the mistakes they've had that have kind of extended drive. So yeah, we, we I'm kind, of, I'm kind a, of looking at all four of those things, really.
0: should be a non-issue going against a quarterback who's throwing 50% for 79 yards. That's true.
2: That's true. I mean, even if the offense plays like dead weight, kind of like they have the past couple of games, um, going up an offense that's – you know, as as bad as Iowa State has been over the past couple of weeks, I don't think that's that that should have too much impact on, on us being able to to still beat them by a touchdown or more.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I like the predictions. What about uh uni predictions? Speaking of, I, I gotta say I, I was digging the uh the new helmets last week with the the Icy Silver OSU brand. What do you guys think? What do you guys think for, for uni predictions and do you like those helmets? I
2: love the all white I just think any white looks sharp um I like Texas all white, like when Alabama wears white, so anytime you we wear all white, um I really enjoy it yeah,
1: I like I like the all white the icy helmets look look pretty slick to me um, and way better than the gray we pulled out uh versus Texas Tech. oh but I love either way. We I actually don't mind the gray, but I have never seen us play that great wearing gray. I'm trying to think of any game we did. And so therefore we should like never wear gray ever again. Dude,
0: wasn't it, wasn't it Baylor twenty thirteen grey? Uh were we, Not we, we weren't game.
1: maybe the
2: helmets though. Yeah, I thought we were all black against
0: Baylor. I could be wrong. Oh we were we were white, black, white. Never mind. Take that back. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah, that shows my memory. Someone Sorry. would probably
1: have fact check that anyway.
0: You know, yeah, we need fact checkers. So what do you guys think for a uh, uni prediction for this week?
2: Um, ooh, it's at home. Let's go um Let's go orange helmet with the uh the uh the, the, the big Pete I can't think of what you guys call it. I mean what what do we call that with the, the Pete takes up the whole helmet? That orange chrome look. Orange chrome look. Um black jersey, black pants. It's gonna be a uh potential for rain and I just see us, you know, it may not be too hot. I can see us going all black this this week with the orange helmet.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go black helmet, black jersey, and gray pants.
0: I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go black pants, orange jersey, and and some sort of black helmet. Yeah, we haven't we haven't done a whole lot of orange this year. No, yeah, we did I just pick what we wore against Tech? No, we were
2: all gray against Tech, weren't we? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Don't
1: oh, remind me. I'm trying to. Blocked that out of my mind.
2: Apparently I already had. I was just like, dang, did we not really get stuck? Yeah.
1: We seem to always pull out. Have Has there been a year where we don't do all orange at some point?
2: We used to do it at homecoming. I don't know if that's really a thing anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know if we did last year. I could see us maybe doing uh, all orange even against against Iowa State.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Have you guys been so, doing any predictions the last few weeks?
2: No, I'm so bad at those.
0: I, just I know. I think out. all of us are over for on the year so far. Yeah, I don't even know if I've gotten socks right. Um. <laughs> I know they're wearing Nike. How about that?
2: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so kind of transferring over, just kind of do a wrap up. And we're looking at uh, just kind of other sports around the athletic department. Um, I saw that Michael Weathers is still not uh, back with the team. Uh indefinitely suspended. Curtis, have you got any news on that? Um we discussed a little bit last week and you know, we kinda shared our thoughts, but haven't heard anything new besides still not with team for opening practice.
1: Yeah, no, I think he had his initial hearing on Monday. Um and basically it was just a matter of just scheduling the next uh the next court session where they're actually gonna kinda determine his uh you know, sentence or whatever you want to call it, so I think uh, they'll find out more. I think it was early November, so we won't know any more for a month, but I've also heard that there's a, a pretty good chance they'll uh, kind of do like a plea deal and kind of bargain it down, so um, obviously he's still on the team, just suspended, so I think it kind of depends on the outcome of the uh, of the case, and I think if they knock it down to a misdemeanor, I think from what I've heard is that he's had no no real legal issues or not really been a, an issue with the team at all either. Uh, See, so it's kind of his, his first strike, so I think that the way it's looking, it, I think they would have cut him all, already by now if they were 100% certain on uh, letting, letting him go.
2: See, Kyle, I don't know how you feel about this, but I I have a problem with them looking at it from a standpoint of, we know exactly what he did. He did it. There's reports. No one's questioning the reports. And we are going to base his status on the team, whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony. Yeah, it's probably gonna get knocked down to a misdemeanor. It still doesn't change what he did. That's just, you know, in a court of law, it, what he's being charged with.
0: In my opinion, I, I think that's irrelevant. But so you're so you're saying just kick him off regardless?
2: Yeah, get him out of town. I don't want. I mean, who wants teammates like, I- like that? I'm not saying that we should It.
1: I'm just saying what it looks like is happening. Uh, no, what's no kind I, of going I, down.
2: I, I understand. Maybe, maybe I was just taking your explanation as as what you, you're, you're thinking, so I apologize.
1: No, I just think if Boynton was like – if he had that mindset that you had and, you know, one strike like this and you're out, which is a pretty big strike obviously – I think he would have cut him by now already. He pulled. He had a pretty quick trigger on Dawson and Dillard last year. So, the fact that he's just has him, you know, indefinitely suspended at the moment tells me there's at least a some percentage chance that he's still uh, still a player for the Cowboys this
2: year. But yeah, that's true. Dillard wasn't one of his guys though. Um, and was Dawson? Yeah, uh, no, he they... was. In this
1: main recruiter, or one of his main
2: recruiters. Dawson's.
1: Yeah, I knew that. I just didn't know. Or it. Dawson, yeah, sorry. I For just, Dillard, yeah. I guess he wasn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. Dillard had trouble even when Ford was around, so.
0: Yeah, who didn't? Man, we got a lot of trouble in the basketball team. We got to get it cleaned up. Yeah. yeah. Talking about like Ford
1: or it's pretty cool to see some, some video. We got some good senior leaders, I think. Like, Lindy Waters and McGriff are kind of two guys that will be, uh, Kind of good two pillars to kind of build around. So a lot of young guys, oh, but no. i curious to see how they, they form as a team. Yeah, Another tweet make, I court. think I saw,
0: I forget his name, but that seven footer on the OSU basketball team, I think he's lost like 65 pounds in the last five months since coming on campus. Yeah, yeah we,
2: we discussed that a little bit
0: last week. That's crazy. Yeah, he came in at like 310, and now he's just looking a lot leaner and more athletic and more mobile.
1: Yeah, the exciting thing about Jones is that. He really came in and had supposedly, from reports I've I've read and kind of heard, is he's got a really soft touch around the rim, which is kind of a, a unique thing to have as a a big you know seven footer like that. A lot of those guys are pretty clunky and not very uh, great hand and eye coordination. But supposedly he's got great hand and eye coordination and and really uh, you know has a pretty good offensive game. So he's got that size. He's a little leaner. So I, I think that he could be a big factor this year.
2: Yeah, we're four weeks away from our first ex- exhibition game, right? So, I mean, it's, come, it's it's right around the corner. we got homecoming in hoops coming up in three weeks. And, uh, I, can, Man, I mean, I can't, I can't wait. It's one of my favorite times for you.
1: Yep, exciting times. Should be fun.
0: Sneaking up on, on us quick. All right, guys, outside of that, anything else? You good?
2: No, it's,
0: uh, looking forward to Saturday.
1: Yep, should be a good game. Yeah, should be, to take should the be a great game.
0: But yeah, go, Pokes. Uh, give our guests from Iowa State a follow uh, on Twitter at FratStarCFB, as well as giving us a follow on Twitter at CowboyState1 and on Instagram at Cowboy underscore State. Uh, that's all we got for now. Until next week, Pokes. All right,
1: we're out. Go, Pokes.